Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. And I, I this is good because I want to transition a little bit um, to talk about the world of work. Oh my goodness, we have seen <laughs> so many changes. And I think a lot of this is very applicable to that conversation as well. Um, but I kind of want to throw the question to both of you. How is technology changing the way that we work and, and what work looks like? Brad, you're consulting with CEOs. They're coming to you saying, Brad, what do I do? I have all these employees. Half of them want to be fully remote. Half of them want to come back. Like, what are you, what are you talking to them about? Yeah, this topic for sure. Like, especially <laughs> after the last, like, you know, two and a half or three years, right? This has been, and, it, and it's interesting because I think COVID really kind of, just opened up something that was already there and kind of forced the the work world to really address it in a you know if there's a silver lining of of all of that I think that was pr- probably pretty good it kind of ripped the bandaid off and said look we we have to have this discussion because technology has enabled us to do things differently and so many and I was by the way I was so guilty of this when I was the CEO of the company I was with like I had this bias against remote work I was like oh remote work sounds like an excuse to stay home and not work and, you know, and I, and which is, you know, in hindsight, completely an unfair, like, you know, <laughs> assumption, but that's what it was. Sure. So, you know, kind of balancing that idea of, boy, technology should be enable, enabling us to do things differently. It makes so much sense that if you're a company, you're thinking, what are we doing differently because of the technology we have today than we were three years ago or five years or seven years ago? And before we started this, you and I were talking about how I, I really believe like the next five to seven years the the success is going to really belong to those companies that look at this holistically and say, look, there is absolutely a place for technology to enable us to do things differently than we used to do. And much like we just talked about in the in the higher ed setting, we can't lose sight of the fact that there is something about that human interaction and that dealing with people, you know, face to face and in a community and in a group setting that is so powerful. And I and you know maybe this won't age well in 10 years. I'll say, oh, look how dumb I was when I did this podcast. But it's like, I don't know that we're going to weave that out of our DNA. This is baked into our DNA for, you know, a long time that we are creatures who thrive being around each other. There's different, I get it. There's extroverts and introverts, but we do have this need. And, and I think taken too far, the technology thing can create an environment. And, you know, one, one of my, one of my uh, clients, one, one of their big asks right now is, whoa, we're, seeing a real deficit in our employee engagement over the last couple of years. And it makes sense. It's because all of the stuff that was happening, kind of the soft stuff uh, in, you know, the hallway meetings and, and meeting at the water cooler and going out to lunch with the group of, was displaced by this COVID thing where nobody was having any of that. So maybe some of the work was getting done, maybe in some ways even more efficiently some work was getting done, but there was this like miss in like people feeling connected. And so how do you balance that? And I don't know that you know anybody has that perfect answer, but I think the companies that are saying, look, we need to be holistic in this view are going to crush it over the next five, seven, 10 years. I think the companies, and I see them, I, I do some work with a couple of them that take a really extreme approach one way or the other. Hey, no, it's just all remote all the time. That's all we're going to do. They're going to miss out on some incredible people because they're people that are going to say, look, I need something more to that. And then conversely, you see, and this still blows my mind, you, you see, you know, it seems like every other week, there's an article of some CEO for some publicly traded company who comes out and 
puts down the mandate. Everybody's going to show up in the office starting next week. And then next week comes in, by the way, nobody shows up in the office. Everybody's again. protesting. And that's, yeah. Yeah, that's really yeah. awkward because yeah. it's like, but it's like, well, but why, why do you need everybody to, you know, it seems like there should be a discussion. Where's that middle ground? So lots of potential fun stuff to talk about there. Oh man. Yeah. And it's interesting. Well, even, you know, reflecting on my position and Utah state is a really interesting institution because so we have the main Logan campus, huge, you know, population that works there, but we also have 30 some odd statewide campuses. And so we've actually been living kind of in this hybrid world for a, a good minute. Um, and it's so interesting because when I was onboarded, height of COVID, May 2020, <laughs> and, um, you know, they literally, I showed up on site, they handed me my computer and said, um, go home and work. And I thought, this is the weirdest thing of my entire existence. <laughs> what do I do with this? Um, but it's so interesting because everybody was thrown into that same playing field. And I was actually really grateful because I ended up getting to go to meetings, meeting people that I probably would never have met because of the physical barrier um, in the traditional sense. And it's been really interesting as folks have started to go back into person, I'm starting to see, um, what's the right word? You, you just start to realize, oh, there's some gaps here. You know, some people, there is an advantage to being in person where the majority is. Um, and so, you know, I've had to get a little bit more creative in how do I maintain those, those personal relationships when I might be a couple hours away from where, you know, majority of my team resides. So it's just been a really interesting world to kind of balance and, and navigate. Jesse, I'm curious on your end of things. Okay, so as you're working with Health Catalyst, you know, what combination do you all use in terms of in-person, you know, learning management systems? I mean, what does training look like for a company like yours? Yeah, I guess before I answer yes, that question. Yes, and feel free. I, I, yeah, I, um, Malcolm Gladwell kind of recently kind of got himself into some hot water for uh, some comments he made in a podcast about that, you know, really the, the thrust of it was that if, if you've reduced what you're doing within whatever work context you're, you're doing it in to just, I show up, I get myself in front of the computer and all I'm investing is I might be just wearing my pajamas and I just, I do the tasks in front of me. Yeah. And, and again, the way the question he asked is like, don't you want more for yourself? And I think that, that to me, there is so much good that's coming from, from technology. And I think for employers, they have more access to a much broader applicant pool and, 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 and hiring pool than ever before. And likewise, as an individual job seeker, I can go and work these really big, for these really big, impressive companies out of San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, wherever, and I can still live in American Fork, Utah. And so there's, a, there's that benefit there. But the, the thing that I see, and I think this is what Malcolm Gladwell is getting at, is that if we're not careful, we can really reduce what we do at work to this very basic, I execute and I do the tasks in front of me. And hey, I can do that better because I don't have to worry about a commute. I don't have to worry about kind of getting dressed up, whatever. I can do that at nine o'clock at night. I can do that at five, 5 a.m. in the morning. And that's true, but it's such a narrow view. And I think if I, I don't know, like people can find me on LinkedIn if they want to send me hate mail, <laughs> but 
I've experienced things that you trust. They don't they'll find out. The, find the Aggies will find me. The Aggies will find me. Yeah. 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 But, but what it does is it starts to get this very myopic view that what I do at work is me coming in, doing the tasks in front of me, clocking out, and I, and I disengage. And, and there are realities there that that's, in some ways, that's a good thing that, yeah, you have that flexibility. Wonderful. But what if your team needed you at three in the afternoon? And what if this other person needed you at this time? And, and again, recognizing that you are spending so much time or presumably spending so much time and energy and effort, blood, sweat, and tears in what you do professionally, don't, doesn't that mean something? And, and doesn't that mean something to the people that you interact with that, that you want? There's a certain level of, of investment, respect, if you want to get really colorful with it, like reverence to the sacrifices that other people are making that, that, yeah, it is inconvenient to come into the office, but we've all made that sacrifice because we collectively feel like one, what we're doing as a team is important. And two, I'm honoring the, the sacrifices and the contributions of others and trying to make myself available to them. And so, yeah, again, there's, there's so many wonderful affordances around technology as it relates to the workplace. But there's a part of me that feels like we're enabling a certain amount of myopic selfishness in how we do what we hmm. do professionally that, that it just... Um, I don't know. I get a little bit worried about that. That again, I think there's 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 a there's a collaboration. There's a there's a respect for others and what they need and what they need from you. That that coming to and I say this as somebody who works remote <laughs> overwhelmingly. Oh wow, Jesse. But, no, but I but know. I also but I do like again as as there are needs and things like that. I yeah. I I absolutely respect when I have individuals on my team that say, Hey, can we get together in the office and and, and whiteboard this or whatever else. Absolutely. And, and my, my, my t-shirt today accepting, I, 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 <laughs> I think that there is something valuable about, I don't know, like, again, I've, I've got two kids that just turned three and, and I spend a lot of time away from them. And I spend a lot of time away from my wife because the stuff that I do and who I do it with matters. And, and if I reduce what I'm doing, for them and more generally to just executing on my job tasks that I can do at midnight or at these, these other random times in a way that might be detrimental to them. I, I'm paying a price with my family that I don't feel like I'm, there's a disconnect there. So anyhow, I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm rambling. It. No, this is, this is great. And I know before you jump into what occurs to me, you're talking about that, like this is the same thing like at the higher education level, it's a similar thing. Like a student in theory could say, yeah, I can go learn all of the things that, you know, that I need to know just on my computer screen, all by myself, locked in my room. But it's like, yeah, but you're missing out on the rest of that experience, being surrounded by people, hearing different voices, hearing a different point of view, getting to know people who are different from you and have, yeah. you know, there's so much value in that, not only at the workplace, but even in higher education. So again, kind of finding that balance becomes like that becomes the tricky thing. And who, the, you know, the people that figure that out first are going to have an unbelievable advantage, both at the individual level. The individual says, oh, I know where that balance is for me now. And then as organizations, higher education, companies start to figure out, hey, we need to kind of rethink how we've done things. And that, 
you know, that old, uh, I just read a fantastic book and I forget the author, but it's based, it's the, the title, what got you here won't get you there. Mm. And that's the mentality that we need to be very aware of, right? So what's been working for so long in the work environment and in higher education certainly deserves like another look of like, hey, what could we be doing differently? So, And you've heard me say this before, Marissa said it at, at that conference and, and I, boy, anybody that works with me hears me say it a lot, <laughs> but for me, my professional love language is thoughtfulness. And I think to your, to your question about, well, how does this, what's that interplay between technology and all the affordances that it gives us? And let's say that the need for, for humanity and, and that human touch, I don't think there is a great answer to it other than to be very thoughtful and deliberate in when you use one or the other. And so uh, to give you an example of that, one of the things that we do when we work with organizations, especially when we're needing to um, address the, the needs of a big group, is we do try to lean on technology to enable that front-end initial learning of a new concept. That look, it's not, if we shoved these 500 people into a room and said, all right, the instructor is going to go through and talk to you about um, this concept around statistics. That's an inefficiency that doesn't generate better outcomes. And so leaning on, on the technology to do some of that initial uh, instruction is great. When on the back end, we, we support that by saying, okay, we, you all were able to lean on um, these computer-based modules that gave you that initial instruction, but that also collected some information about where the concepts were that you struggled. Now we can come together and I, as the human being, can remediate in a targeted fashion to say, well, it looks like you guys are struggling around, uh, you know, these measures of central tendency. So let's talk about that. And more than that, let's talk about how these concepts are going to be applied here at our organization. And so transitioning from that initial learning to practical application, that the technology can't do that very efficiently. And so again, that's just one example, but the idea there is again, being very thoughtful and saying, okay, what can the technology do and do really well that can, again, give us some sort of affordances that we can be more efficient, we can be more scalable, we can be more cost-effective, all these things, and even potentially uh, driving better outcomes because we can use adaptive platforms that adapt what you're hearing, all that kind of stuff. Great, but still connecting back to the fact that if we're wanting to transition learning new concepts to change behavior, that's a human endeavor. Yeah. And so recognizing that there is this need for human beings to interact with human beings, raise their hand and still say, yeah, but therefore what? And how do we do that? Or, right. or what about the fact that when I try to do that, my manager says I shouldn't do that. What do we do then? And so again, all that comes back to your, to your question about what's that interplay. I, I, there isn't a clear one other than to be very thoughtful and deliberate in, in choosing the modality and choosing the methods that uh, are most appropriate. And just again, taking that, that little bit of extra effort to be thoughtful. This is good. And you read my thoughts in my little notes here. I have asked about I knowledge transfer and, and, and behavior changes in the workplace. And I think that's a really interesting perspective that, like you say, use technology for 
you know, what it's good at, the right things. <laughs> but also use, yeah. use the in-person for what it's good at too. Yeah. And that behavior change, you're right. When we actually talk about, you know, give me an example of like, how's that going to look in the workplace? That's when you've got to have that human conversation. Yeah. That's such a good point. I, um, Interesting. I, people also hear me kind of, and I apologize to anybody <laughs> either here or that might be listening that are big fans of like Applebee's, but I, I, Applebee's is like my shining example of like what not to be as an organization that I feel like any restaurant that tries to serve like Chinese and steaks and burgers and Mexican food all under one roof, you're going to do a pretty bad job. Hey, you haven't had their maple blondie. Because right there, they, they win. And they somehow their found blondie. their sweet yes, spot. They found, they found something they did well. But, but, but this is actually, I think, a situation where if we if we're thoughtful about how we combine the use of technology and and that human element we can have and experience the benefits of both yeah. without the downsides of either yeah. and so this is maybe a situation where like that applebee's approach does maybe this is the maple blondie like if we're thoughtful <laughs> about it we can actually somehow stitch this together in a way that works well and again we can't it, there are certainly people out there that are like kind of like the Ruth's Chris fans, like, oh yeah, human beings. You can't ever replace me as a professor and my students, they're special, they're unique, their needs, they're, 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 they're special snowflakes, whatever, that, that I need to be there and I need, and, and are obstinate and, and resistant to, to, to training and to, to technology. That's not a good thing. But at the same time, the, the, the powers that be that sign on the dotted line for these technology vendor contracts they are also missing the mark saying, well, technology's it. Like we figured it out. We, we, we've we've done. We've, yeah, we've, yep. we've cured it. cancer and, yep. and yet we've found the silver bullet. And that's not true either. Again, both of those, I think, are reflective of a lack of thoughtfulness that we're not truly understanding what's needed and truly understanding what, what we can do that might be best. And so, yeah, doing what, <laughs> what's appropriate. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. 